Good morning once again, everybody. Um, welcome to each and every one of you. Good to see you. Um, Torah's mom, Mecca's mom, um, Mecca's um, sisters or sister. Good to see you, Ken. Um, great to see you, Balve. Um, it's, it's lovely to see every one of you. We are so looking forward to seeing each one of you in person. Um, when that time comes very soon, by God's grace, we are so looking forward to that. That'll be a, a great day. Um, so we're going to continue um, with the word today. And we're going to continue with walking in the spirit. Uh, so I'm going to read some verses of scripture. And then we will continue with what where we left off. So Romans chapter 8, verses 5 to 6, I'm reading from the New Living Translation, and it reads this. It says, for those who are dominated by the sinful nature, think about th sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, think about things that, are, that please the Spirit. So, let's, so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death but letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace then i want us to read from the book of galatians um, chapter 5 i'm going to jump to verse 16 and it reads this it says so i say let the holy spirit guide your lives then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other so that are not free to carry out our good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under the obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces, produces, this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed their passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we, have, we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part 
of our life. Um, so just to recap for those of you who weren't, weren't um, here the last time I spoke, um, we've been speaking about walking in the spirit and we've been wanting to look into these um, verses of scripture and understand that you know in these if there's ever a day that we need the spirit's guidance is is now and if there's ever a day that we really need to get it right it's now and we can do that as believers we can do that as christians uh, as we listen to the holy spirit and one of the things that i highlighted last week that this is open to all if you want to have the Spirit's leading, the Spirit's guidance, he's, he's open to every single one of us. But we just need to be listening and obedient so that we can truly have the good of the land. Eat the good of the land, rather. So we want the, the, the divine intelligence from heaven. We do not want the intelligence from man. The intelligence from man does not help. But when we have the true insight from heaven, we will get it right and we'll be able to make the right decisions and the right choices for our families, for our lives, for our future. So we was looking into a bit of the, the, the background of um, Galatians chapter 5 and the context of Galatians chapter 5 we said was that it was freedom from the law of Moses and what was going on there Paul had in mind the, the issue of circumcision and a group of group known as the Judea, Judeas were pressurizing the Galatians to physically have circumcision in order to be accepted and they were saying that um, if they do not, you know, in, in, in order for you to really be effective as a Christian, you have to get that done. But what Paul was saying that, listen, it's all by grace. You don't need to do the circumcision, come under the law, and then um, that will not produce anything. Because it's Jesus, as we just read, has nailed everything to the cross. And if we did have to live by the law, there are over 600 commands that we would have had to have heard, adhered to. And the only person who has passed the test, the only person who is able to completely obey the law in its entirety and its, um, in, in, in its perfection was Jesus Christ. And he realized that we couldn't do it. So he says, you know what? I'll pay the price. I'll do it. And then I will allow my people to live by grace. So the Bible says that it's by grace that we're saved through faith. And if we wanted to bring it into today's context, there's nothing that we can do in our own rights or merit. So it's not every single prayer meeting. Like, for example, I say, oh, I've been to every single prayer meeting. Or I've witnessed to 10 people today. So it's, it's not by our own strength or ability. There's nothing in us that will qualify us to um, make it right. But it's by God's grace. It's by his mercy alone. Nothing else 
can do that except him and what he has done for us and what he's done on the cross. So we looked at these things last, um, the last time I spoke and we were saying that it's, it's important to walk in the spirit because number one, the Bible is, is encouraging us to walk in the spirit. And because we are people of the spirit primarily, we are to live in the spirit. And if we try to do it in our own strength or ability, we will miss it entirely. And one of the other things we said was that when we, when the Bible speaks about walking in the spirit, it doesn't mean like we're floating, we're gliding. It means that it's, it's, it's a metaphor to say that it's, we should live our lifestyle by this manner, how we conduct ourselves, how we think, how we talk, how we, the how, how we decisions that we were making. We're doing it by the Holy Spirit. We're doing it by his word. And the, the word of God is our, is our plumb line, so to speak. It's our manual for life in order for us to be effective in walking in the spirit. So in these verses of scripture, we've, we've noticed that there's, there's two ways that, you know, someone can actually live in this life. You're actually living by the flesh or you're actually living by the spirit. Now, as Christians, as we know, we are, we are to walk entirely by the spirit. But what Paul was saying was that there are, there are, there's the, the fruit of the spirit and there's, there's, um, there's a fruit of the flesh, so to speak. There's, there's manifestations of the flesh and there's manifestations of the spirit. There are things that you can see. There's evidence that you can see that someone is living by the spirit or evidence that you can see that someone is living by the flesh. And one of the scriptures that um, we will read, that I, I believe we've read last week, was that when you live by the flesh, the, your, your wages is death. We learned that if we live by the flesh, you live, the, the, your wage will be death. It will be in eternal separation from God. Spiritually, it will just cut you off and it will just completely um, cause you not to live in the life of God. And so if we want to be close to the Lord, if we want to be um, living with him, we need to walk in the spirit. The scripture also says that how our, that our mind is at enmity with the Lord. And it's, it's talking about like the, that the old nature is, is, is really um, at war with the Lord. It doesn't want to do the things of the spirit. It doesn't want to adhere to the things of the spirit. And so it is with our flesh. And we also said about how the flesh is not, I'm not talking about this here, but it's talking about the nature. So, the, the, the old man, as when you came to Christ, before you came to Christ, the old way that you lived, your old habits, your old ways, and that old nature, we are wanting to not live by that, that lifestyle anymore because in doing that, it will cause you to be cut off totally from the life of God. But the Bible says that if we... We, if we walk in the spirit, we'll have the love, the joy, the peace, the long suffering, the gentleness. And it's, it's there for everybody. 
to enjoy. So we looked at the benefits of walking in the spirit. We, we said that we've, it brings the, the joy, true joy. It doesn't, it's not the worldly joy. The worldly joy is you have to get a, a can of lager or a glass of sherry for some, for some it's wine, and then they'll experience joy. But with God, he gives you joy unspeakable and full of glory because when he comes into your spirit he transforms your life into someone totally different when he comes into your life we've we we know that the old things the old things that we wanted to do that we desire to do we have no more desire anymore because of the life of god that has come into our spirit and then we also said another benefit is peace so you don't need to worry anymore the bible speaks of in the book of matthew that how the birds of the air don't need to worry about food and it's the same for us as believers we do not need to worry we do not need to fret we do not need to care because our heavenly father will take care of us the Bible also says that one of the other benefits of walking in the spirit is that he will give you patience. He'll give you a long fuse. You know, at times when sometimes when people just trigger certain things in, in us at times, the Holy Spirit is able to give you a long fuse and causes you to cause you to just be patient with people. That's the work of the spirit, walking in the spirit. He is able to cause the manifestation of kindness, of being tender-hearted into the needs and the concerns of others. These are manifestations of walking in the spirit. In, in also, another um, benefit is goodness. There are, he will cause you to your actions to reflect integrity and holiness. We also understand that in walking in the spirit, he will cause, he can cause you to be faithful and steadfast in trusting in, in him. So there are so many benefits in walking in the spirit. And these are the things that we spoke on the last time we spoke, we spoke. And we, we then said about what does it mean to, to walk in the flesh? And we, we understand that it's the under, the, when Adam fell, the whole of humanity came under the, the old nature, this kicked in as it were. And the old carnal nature, the old sinful nature started to manifest, started to show itself. And that... So we, we read in, in the book of Galatians, like the outbursts of wrath and anger and, and all those different things, dissensions, um, anything to do to gratify the flesh is walking in the flesh. And in doing those things, as we said, it will cause um, havoc. So we're going to continue today and we're going to look at the, the five differences between walking in the flesh
walking in the spirit. And then we're going to look at how to walk in the spirit, how to walk in the spirit. So just summing things up even further to number one, the five differences. So number one is this, those who have the spirit of God produces the fruits that reveal whether they are the child of God or not. And if there are no spiritual fruits, then, then God is not their father. You see, when we walk in the spirit, it's evident. Jesus said that you'll know them by their fruits. You can see when someone is has been touched, has been changed, when someone's a, a believer in Christ. And look, we all make mistakes, but I'm not talking, we, we all make um, blunders but what happens after that mistake is there um a, a thing of like wanting to walk in in in, in forgiveness and walk wanting to walk in like uh, the apologies and, and saying sorry and those are all fruits of the spirit just wanting to walk in that integrity that that goodness that god has intended for us to do another thing is that for those who walk in the spirit out there um, walk in the spirit have their crucified the flesh and do not submit themselves to the desires of the flesh but those who walk in the spirit um, will in the spirit grieve the sp those who don't walk in the spirit grieve the spirit and their works producing nothing more than wages that they have earned and that is death so when we actually sub when we walk in the spirit and we are tempted with different things and then we make a decision by the help of the spirit not to um, walk in those old habits walk in those old ways we are pleasing the spirit of god we're walking in the spirit and we are doing things that will cause us to walk in line with the things of the spirit Number three, those who walk in the flesh live according to the flesh, um, according to the flesh, prove that they do not do their works, but those who walk in the spirit prove that they are so if we consistently are walking in the spirit, you can see that when we're walking in the spirit, that we are of Christ. If we're consistently walking in the flesh, then you, we are of, we're not walking according to, the, to the, the patterns that the Lord would like us to. And we're walking in the line of the enemy, so to speak. Number four, those who walk in the flesh produce the fruits of the flesh. And those, um, those fruits are like, as I mentioned earlier, so sexual immorality, impurity, idolatry. And may I add, the idolatry is not just worshipping of idols. It could be worshipping of money. It could be worshipping of a car. It could be worshipping of a job. It could be worshipping of anything at all. So anything that takes the place of Jesus because Jesus is to be the number one person 
the number one individual in our lives that we seek to honor, that we seek to please, that we seek to worship. Number five, those who put death, the deeds of the body, are truly walking in the spirit. But those who do not have the spirit of Christ assuredly do not belong to him. So when we put to death those things in our lives and we decide, you know what, I am not going to embrace those old things that I used to do, that has dishonored the Lord, that has displeased him, that causes that old man to flare up and to cause contention and to cause there to be anger and division. I'm not going to embrace it. I'm, instead, I'm going to walk in love. I'm going to walk in the spirit. So let's look at how we can walk in the spirit. And the first thing is this. We the first thing that we should accept the Lord Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. In order for you and I to walk in the spirit, we need to have done that. And many of us have done that. And if you've not done that, we'll, I'll give you an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ into your heart, into your spirit, so that he can live in you and he will empower you to be an effective Christian. So that's the number one thing. Number two, in knowing how to walk in the spirit, we must first acknowledge the second thing is that we must acknowledge from our hearts our helpless, help, helplessness to do good apart from the enablement of the Holy Spirit. You see, the scripture says that our righteousness is as filthy rags. There is nothing good in us. And if we come before, once we come before the Lord and we've given our hearts to him, we need to also come to a place to acknowledge that in our own selves, there is nothing good. Jesus said this, for without me, you can do nothing. We need to come to a total place of helplessness, recognizing that it is through God that we can only do this thing of of walking in the spirit in hearing from the spirit and let me add this thing it's not listening and hear, hearing from the spirit is for every single believer in jesus christ from the newborn believer to the oldest saint it doesn't matter all you need to, to qualify all you need to do is to commit your heart to Jesus Christ. And immediately you can start to hear his voice because Jesus said this, my sheep hear my voice. So you can actually get to hear his voice as you listen to him. And it's just like a radio. You set the frequency and you can hear from heaven. You can just set the frequency to hear what he is saying for your life, for your family, for your circumstance, for your situation, as you feed of his word, as you, as you spend time in prayer, as you spend time in his presence, you 
can actually hear from him. And one thing I forgot to um, mention from my previous time that I do believe is really worth adding is this, is that it's really important that you also have lots of, you play um, spiritual songs, you declare spiritual songs, you declare certain things from your mouth that will actually aid you and, and create your atmosphere and create your world because our world is created by words. The Bible says that, that death and life is in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. This is one of the, the wonderful things that we have is, is music, is worship, is, is actually de also declaring words of life words of strength this is why it's, it's a wonderful thing to sing it's a wonderful thing to sing worship and praise to the lord because it creates an atmosphere of praise and thanksgiving and it causes the atmosphere of heaven to come from heaven down to earth so it's really important to do that so going back to this acknowledging our helpless helplessness is critical so that we will position ourselves to be able to receive the grace of God. And with grace is the enablement. It's God's enablement to be able to live effectively as a believer, as a Christian. Number three is this, having set times of praying and fasting, having set times of praying and fasting. And I'm, I'm, I'm talking about doing this on a consistent basis. I'm not just talking about the, the, the corporate fastings or the corporate prayers, but you having your own set time of prayer, your own set time of fasting, because the fasting will crucify the flesh. It will kill the desires. It will kill the carnality that is seeking to rear its head and wanting to show itself. But when we pray and we fast, it, it brings a, a new, the, the life of the spirit. It, it causes there to, for you to receive more of the life of God into you. And it causes the flesh to diminish. And so when we do this, we are saying to God, Lord, I need you. Every single time when we pray, every single time when we call out to the Lord, we are saying that, Father, I cannot do this without you. I need you. But when we do not pray, when we do not call upon the name of the Lord, and we are saying that, Lord, I've got this. I've got my degree. I've got my life experience. I don't need you. And this is why prayer is a crucial thing. It is a vital thing in the life of the believer and essential for us to walk in the spirit so that we can hear from him and hear from heaven's plans and agenda for the specific things that's going on in our lives. The scripture says in the book of Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 21, and now may the peace, may the God of peace equip you with every good thing that you may do his will working in you 
that is that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ. God wants to do things in us and he wants to do his work in us. But as we spend time in his presence, in praying and in fasting, he will be able to do that work. And in Psalm 51 and verse 10, David said this, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. This happens when there's a place of acknowledging that, look, I am, I am a, I'm a sinner. I need, I need your help, Lord. I am desperate. I'm desperate for you. Help me. And you come in prayer with that attitude. You come in his presence with that, that mindset for God to be able to move and do that work in you so that you can walk in the spirit. The next thing is, is that we need to trust him. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, trust in the Lord, not in your own strength. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. We need to put our trust in him as we are seeking to walk in the spirit, recognizing that it's not our own strength, our own might or ability, but it's his. And when we put our confidence and our trust in him, he is able to give to us what we need. The scripture says in the book of Romans, for as many that are as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons and the daughters of God. So when, and, and the scripture also says this, when David says, whenever I feel afraid, I will trust in you. So God wants all of us to be led by his spirit. And we are, and, and when we are led by His Spirit, the Scripture says, "We that's a man, that's that's an outward manifestation that we are His sons or His His daughters, if you please, of God. But we're all sons, so in God's economy, that's how it, it is. And the Scripture says that when we put our trust in Him, He won't let us down." He will fulfill those things that he needs to do in us. And, you know, sometimes when the Lord is leading us to do something, it may feel daunting, you know, it may feel fearful. It may feel like, how can I do this? I don't have what it takes. You're right. You don't. I don't. I don't have what it takes. It's absolutely right. But then when we put our trust in him, we are saying, Lord, I'm doing this in obedience to you. And I want to honor you with the little I have. And I make a decision of quality and I put my trust in you and I will obey you. So you can do that thing, even if it is in fear. So what? 
it's not going to kill you because the enemy will try to put it in your mind to say that that you'll be destroyed when you do this thing but it's a lie because God sees our hearts and when he sees that we're seeking to honor and please him and we're seeking to obey him out of the sincerity of our heart he will honor us he will honor us The next thing in walking in the spirit is thinking on the Lord and his word. Thinking on the Lord and his word. So it's being in a state of consciousness. It's meditating, as we've been hearing from Pastor Mecca. It's thinking. And it's not only thinking, it's mutter, it's like you, you, you are just saying it over and over and over again. It is said that with a cow has two stomachs, it, it has two digestives, di digestive systems. So it goes from one stomach and it goes to another. So with the word of God, it comes from, from your mind and it gets into your spirit. And that's why it's important to meditate because you want it to come from here from your intellect into your spirit. Because when you get it from here into your spirit, it becomes powerful. It becomes a revelation. It becomes a rhema and it begins to transform you. And then it begins to cause you to walk in victory, to walk in healing, to walk in favor, to walk in discernment, to walk in his power because you are thinking on the Lord you are meditating and it takes time as the scripture reads that when we meditate upon the word day and night it will certainly make our way prosperous and it will certainly cause us to have good success and these were the words that were uttered to Joshua Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 and as we do this this will help us to walk in the spirit at times things will come in your mind that will seek to come against you but address it and say for these these negative thoughts i command you to go in the name of jesus and they will go i'm jumping ahead of myself getting excited but number six spiritual songs to the lord singing spiritual songs Ephesians chapter 5 verse 19 says, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody in your heart to the Lord. As I said earlier, we need to create the atmosphere. We need to create the atmosphere. The world, if we don't, the world will create an atmosphere for us. The media will create an atmosphere for us. Our workplaces will create an atmosphere for us. When we walk outside, it will create an atmosphere for us. But if we do these things in singing spiritual songs, in, 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 in um, declaring certain things that the Lord has done, how he's great and mighty and how he's delivered us from the, the sneers of darkness and the powers of the enemy, because there is no one greater than our God, then we will begin to create an atmosphere of change. We'll begin to create an atmosphere of victory. We'll be able to create an atmosphere that the spirit of God will be able to speak to us easily. 
And to the point, let me tell you this, it will be to the point that when you start to walk and go into different places, you will bring that atmosphere with you. And people will always want to be around you more and more. And this is why some of you have been experiencing this. It's because you've been creating that atmosphere of the presence of the Lord, bringing it wherever you go. And we have this, but we need to be conscious of it. We need to be conscious that the life of God within is, is within us. Because remember, Jesus said this, I am the resurrection and the life. And that resurrection and the life resides within our spirits. So we are carriers of the presence of God. We are like the Ark of the Covenant, so to speak, carrying the presence of God wherever we go. But as the more we are conscious of it, the more of the manifestation we will see with this. Number seven is listening and obeying the, the Holy Spirit. Isaiah chapter one, verse 19 says that if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. We need to listen to the spirit as often as we can, hearing what he is saying and obeying, and then we'll eat the good of the land. And then... And number eight, be ready to reject any ungodly thoughts and actions done towards us, done, uh, um, that's spoken towards our mind by just rebuking it. As I just demonstrated earlier, if you have any negative things that, are, that is aggressively coming against your mind, be vocal about it. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. When you speak your mouth, you bring freedom to yourself because death and life is in the power of the tongue. And you have the authority. Listen, you don't need to be a pastor to take authority over the enemy. You can be that you can just immediately give your heart, your heart to Christ and have authority over the enemy. The enemy is absolutely terrified of people giving their hearts to Christ because he knows that they ha will have authority over him to the, because the Bible says in the book of Luke that he's given to us authority to tread over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt us because of the Jesus who lives in us not because of anything we have not because of anything we've done but because of the blood of Jesus because of the name of Jesus that has been given to us as weapons of authority over the powers of darkness and so this is what God has given to us to reject and to take authority over those thoughts and any kind of oppression that may come upon our mind. And then finally, in walking in the spirit is loving our neighbor as ourself. That is the most powerful thing that any one of us can do. It's not about the spiritual gifts. It's not about the demonstration of the power, but it's when we walk in love and as we demonstrate the love of Christ, that is the most effective thing that we can do. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 
is a whole chapter dedicated about when we walk in the love of Christ. That's more effective than prophecies. That's more effective than anything else that could be said or done. And so when we do that, we demonstrate the love of Christ to our brother, to our sister, or to a stranger. We are showing the love of God that's been shed abroad in, the, in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And God wants to do that through every single one of us, every time. But we need to give him an opportunity to do so. So at this time, I, I, I know my time is up. I want to give different ones who, who have not given their hearts to Christ. Now, that was the, the number one thing. If we want to walk in the spirit, if we want to have victory over the enemy and have victory in our lives, and we need to give our hearts to Christ Jesus. But not only that, we need to be saved from hell. Hell is a very real place. It's not a theory, a fairy tale. It's not something that's in a storybook that's untrue or unreal. Hell is a very real place. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, it is appointed unto man once to die, but afterwards the judgment. Every single one of us will have to face the judgment or face the Lord Jesus Christ. If we've not given our hearts to Christ, then we'll put ourselves in danger in going to hell. And I want to give you an opportunity now, if you'd like to receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I want to give you that op opportunity right now. If that's you, if you would like to um, join me in a room that John Mark will put me in afterwards, after we've prayed this prayer. Just raise your hand and he, he can put you in that room. So let's just pray this prayer right now. For Heavenly Father, we come before you right now. And I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. I acknowledge that I need a savior. Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Save me. I believe that you died and you rose again. Help me to live for you. From this day forth, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If that's you, I would like you to um, join me in a, in a room. Um, if you just um, put your hand up on, I believe there's a option for you to um, put your hand up in Zoom. So if you go ahead and do that, if you don't know how to do that, you can just voice out here. Okay, I don't see any hands or anyone um, alerting me that you've um, given me, given your heart to Christ. 
But there will be prayer after the service. And if you like prayer, please feel free to join me. But I would like to finally pray for every single one of us here that the Lord will touch us as believers, as Christians, to walk in the spirit more frequently and that we will have um, more um, success, a whole lot more success in this area. Father, we come before you today. We thank you for everybody under the sound of my voice. I pray, Father, that you will continue to strengthen each person, that you will continue to help each of us to walk in the spirit. Father, we pray that you will help us to really create the atmosphere for your presence to be made manifest, that you will help us to be conscious of you more and more, that you will help us to mutter your word, to meditate upon your word, that you will help us to acknowledge, Lord, daily, consistently, momentarily, Father, every single moment, Father, that we need you, O oh Lord. Help us, Lord, to pray and fast, Father, so that we can allow the things of the Spirit and your presence to be stronger and stronger in our lives. We thank you and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.